Welcome to KBJR6 Presents Beyond the Headlines. I'm Dan Wolf. Anchoring KBJR6 newscast every night is without a doubt the best way to give Northlanders the information they need to get through their day. But it's also important to investigate certain stories in more detail than a daily newscast allows. That's why once a week I sit down with local leaders and officials to talk about the issues you are concerned about. From politics to current events, I'm here to break down the issues facing Northlanders. This is Beyond the Headlines. With winter now, hopefully in our rearview mirror, it's safe to say construction season is officially here. Just this month, the Minnesota Department of Transportation rolled out 35 active projects on our roads, highways, and bridges for 2019. That includes $55 million in new construction and 10 to $15 million in carryover projects. Neil Viersba takes a look. Summer, a time of year for sunshine and plenty of road construction. Dwayne Hill, transportation district engineer at MnDOT, says projects in our region are expected to cost 65 to 70 million dollars total, which is lower than last year. The number of projects is about average, but the dollars that we're spending this year is down a little bit. So a lot of our projects are half a million to two million dollar projects. Plenty of those projects are relatively simple, like paint and resurfacing. So this summer we have a number of local street improvements that uh, MnDOT's going to be overseeing and funding. But one of the biggest upcoming projects in our region, the Twin Ports Interchange Project, has work underway this year in preparation. Some of the work will include uh, improvement of the surface on Railroad Street, um, working on Garfield Avenue between uh, Blotnick Bridge and I-35. Officials say when construction starts on the $341 million interchange project in 2020, they want the alternate routes to be ready to handle the increase in traffic. We also know that um, during the construction at Garfield Avenue, people are going to have to exit, come across the Bon or Blotnick Bridge and exit on Garfield and use Garfield to get to downtown. So Garfield and Railroad Street are really important. Officials say construction along Garfield Avenue and 27th Avenue West will start this June. Work along Railroad Street and 46th Avenue West will start in July. And as you heard a little bit there in that story, preliminary work on that Twin Ports interchange or can of worms is underway. Earlier this year, people got a chance to check out a 3D model of what the new Can of Worms project is going to look like. It, of course, connects I-35, 535, and Highway 53. Uh, construction plans include a big change to how people access the Blotnick Bridge. Midnight hopes moving that exit from the far left of I-35 south to the far right will make things safer. And late last year, the U.S. Department of Transportation awarded the project a $20 million federal grant. So to talk more about what we can expect this year and beyond when it comes to the interchange project is Beth Petrowski with MnDOT. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Hi, Dan. We, we heard a lot about uh, plans just now uh, for the Cannon Worms construction project, the Twin Ports interchange project. Why is all of this so important? It's very important because the current infrastructure is beyond its, um, his, its design life. It's actually about 50 or 60 years old. The new plan will be designed with all of the latest design and engineering features. Um, one of the biggest problems with the existing interchange is about a thousand large oversized trucks cannot use it every year that are coming usually out of the port or, or maybe from other directions, but the bridges cannot support the weight of those, those uh, trucks. So the new interchange will be able to accommodate all oversized overweight vehicles. Okay. Um, there's many safety improvements built into it. It will help 
eliminate the, the weaving that is um, very difficult right now, the, the cause of many property damage mm -hmm. crashes, and also it will eliminate blind merges, and um, the en entire thing will be um, built to last for probably another 75 to 100 years. Well, and a lot of those merges can be really tricky for those of us who, who have used uh, that interchange quite a bit. Uh, as that story pointed out, we're already seeing quite a bit in the way uh, of at least setup construction out there for this project right now. What can we look forward to uh, for the summer ahead? Well, this summer we're going to be doing improvements on Garfield Railroad, 27th Avenue West, and 46th Avenue West. And what we're doing is we're resurfacing and reinforcing those streets because we know that motorists will likely be, be using those routes as alternatives when we begin construction on the TPI project in 2020. So I know that this, uh, this project goes in phases, uh, so kind of by year, 19, 2020, 2021, 22, 23. Um, what's the progression going to look like uh, year to year? I know you can't go into every year and break down exactly what's going to happen in each year, um, but uh, as far as just overall over the course of the years, what are some of the biggest things that are going to happen? Well, there's going to be a lot of work in 2020, and, and some of it's going to be a bit noisy. So, yeah, there's going to be a, quite a bit of demolition. Then um, the next two years will be a great deal of construction, and the third year will be mainly cleanup activities. Okay, all right. So by that third year, uh, like you say, it should, should be just about wrapping up. Right. And uh, we've also got a map kind of, of uh, what the plans look like uh, in different component form. Give us an idea of what we're seeing here. Well, we're seeing the I-35 work that's going to be going on. And I should mention that while constru construction is going on, we will keep a single lane of traffic in each direction. Um, and then we also will be doing work on the, the Piedmont Bridge, bridges going up the hill. Um, originally, that was going to be filled in, but there was uh, quite a few people that expressed interest in keeping that open okay. to um, help keep the communities uh, better connected. So that was a recent change to the project. Um, we've been doing a lot of outreach with the local uh, businesses down there mm -hmm. and with the folks. We've had many different public meetings, yeah. including um, another one coming up on May 6th. We have them at Clyde Ironworks mm -hmm. and they're twice a day. Well, and you mentioned uh, those public meetings. What's some of the feedback you're getting from people uh, at those meetings? Are they excited for the change that's coming? Yes, they're very, we really hear a lot of positive comments. People realize that this is an aging piece of infrastructure that absolutely has to be replaced and, and doing something as large as that, everything that, that we're working on is going to be demolished and mm -hmm. completely rebuilt. That's a very, very large project. It so is. Um, there's going to be some pain, you know, three years of construction, right. but the end result will make it so much safer and will, it will really help um, improve the local economy and business opportunities with the port and such. As you say, this is a big change. Uh, we mentioned a, a few minutes ago that $20 million grant from the federal government. Uh, how uh, crucial is that kind of boost from the federal government for this project? How important is it to make it happen? We were very happy when we received that. We still have a little bit of additional funding to um, obtain, but we will be able to do that. And so, and we have figured the cost of the project rather high. Mm -hmm. um, we expect that we may be able to build it for a 
for maybe what the money is we have right now, which okay. is about $300 million. Yep. But we're just figuring it on the high end so sure. that we're prepared. If, if we encounter something that we couldn't anticipate, we've done a lot of environmental work, drilling, and but the soils in that area are very poor, and we are, we're not completely sure exactly what we're going to find, so we're cushioning it. Okay. That additional funding, uh, you said that uh, could still be needed for the project. What goes into getting that funding? We have applied for many grants, mm -hmm. um, and there there is some discretionary money that MnDOT can can put to a project if okay. needed. So somehow or another, we will get the money. And is this going to coincide uh, with any other major projects? The fact that we're going into summer and there is a lot of construction going on in this part of the state make it even more difficult to get moving on this, or is this something you're very focused on? We are very focused, and we have our construction schedule set. So we will begin construction next year, and we fully anticipate being done in 2023. Okay. Well, we want to end uh, this segment on this note. We've got a graphic here kind of giving people an idea of what to expect of the interchange project. There's a public meeting coming up Monday, May 6th at Clyde Ironworks. Uh, it's from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., and then another one, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. So if you'd like to learn more about what lies ahead for this project, uh, there you go. It's a good place to uh, check out and learn more. State leaders say Minnesota's transportation system is aging and struggling to keep up with demands of the growing population. MnDOT projects in order to operate and maintain current roads and bridges, the state's going to need $18 billion over the next 20 years above current revenues. So Governor Tim Walz is proposing a large transportation package this session. Some of the highlights include increased registration tax from 1.25% to 1.5% to raise about $4 billion over 10 years. Also wants to increase the motor vehicle's sales tax from 65 to 6.875% to raise $300 million for roads and bridges. And possibly the most controversial of all, you've likely heard about it, a 20-cent gas tax increase phased in over two years starting in 2023 to raise about $6.5 million over 10 years. Minnesotans seem to be divided on whether the state's gas tax should go up to pay for road and bridge repairs. We're also learning businesses could be hit particularly hard by this hike. Alex Hagan has the story. No shortage of opinions at your local BP in St. Paul. No taxes should be raised right now. Though everyone seemed to be on the same side, at least here. When it comes to a gas tax hike. I think it's going to hurt a lot of people. Angela Perez is a waitress trying to make ends meet. It hurts you where it comes, you know. You have to drop something else, either food or clothing. Consuming our, our, our value. Alan Miller agrees. A larger percentage of what they make will go to a fuel. The governor and House Democrats are both pushing two different plans for a 20-cent gas tax increase. The money will be used for roads and bridges. Absolutely a no-brainer. We found homeowner Bethany Winkle, who also worked on the governor's campaign last year. She points to those crumbling roads as perfect examples. This isn't a want-to-have, this is a need-to-have, and we also need to pay for it. And there isn't currently enough money to pay for it. We haven't raised the gas tax in years. As far as business impacts... We think there's other sources of revenue. Deb McMillan at the Twin West Chamber of Commerce says about 50% of taxes paid on gas come from the business community. Any business that has anybody on the road certainly has uh, the possibility to be impacted. Any transportation companies, anybody who has salespeople on the road. All in all seems to be a divisive issue outside the capital as well. I think they have enough extra money to use on roads. We need to make sure that this gets done.
Now, Minnesota Republicans say their proposed budget would take care of road repairs without a gas tax hike. We are joined again by Beth Petrowski with MnDOT District 1. Um, I know you wanted to lay out uh, to a certain extent why, uh, why the state finds that uh, the gas tax and, and other mechanisms to raise more money is so greatly needed. It is greatly needed, and we've needed it for quite a few years. Our previous commissioner has had been trying to um, also gain at least the understanding of people that this is a very big need. Um, our infrastructure is, a, on average, about 50 years old, and that is, in, on bituminous surfaces, that's about the end of the surface life. Um, back when the roads was for, were first built, this, the materials that were used were not as good, and sometimes basically what was done is they dug out the ditches, they put that in the center for the roadbed, and put some tar or concrete on top. Now we use much better granular material, and so if we get this money, we'll be able to restore those roads to good condition. Right now we've got about 150 miles of roads in poor condition just in northeastern Minnesota here. And every year that we don't repair a road when it's needed, and our engineers can gauge when that, that, that time is, mm. um, they get exponentially worse and cost more and more to um, replace. So basically we are happy that we've been hearing that people tend to, uh, they seem to understand now that this is a need and whether we do it now or do it later, we are going to have to do it. And every year we wait, it will cost more. Um, so anyway, the, gov the governor has proposed that we raise the ta gas tax by 20 cents per mm -hmm. gallon. Right. That, in addition to that extra vehicle and sales tax, vehicle sales tax tax, will be enough to um, give us about $18 billion over 20 years. Now, the, the nice part about that is that there's going to be a split. 60% mm -hmm. of that is going to go to MnDOT for highways and freeways, and 40% is going to go to local government. For example, the city of Duluth, under this proposal, would get about $2 million every year for local streets and infrastructure. Um, the counties would also get a portion of that 40%. So that's a, that's a really nice thing to, um, you know, not only fix state highways and freeways, but all highways and freeways. Yeah. So the um, fee is going to be introduced um, 10 cents in 2020 and 10 cents in 2021. Okay. And, and, and I was interested to hear what the lady was saying about the cost of this. Um, the governor has also thought about that and what he is proposing to do is um, reduce the, um, the um, I'm sorry, excuse me, the work, he's going to give a working family credit of $100 for single or head of household and $200 annually for married filing jointly. So there is some a little benefit there that might help out some people that might struggle with this extra cost. Of course, public opinion matters on this as well as what's happening at the state capitol. Uh, how hopeful are you uh, to get these funding mechanisms uh, based on the current temperature um, in St. Paul and with lawmakers? It's something we really don't know. We mm -hmm. just don't know how it's going to go. We're hoping that it, of course, we're hoping that it goes through, but um, no guarantees. But we do ask that people call their legislators if they feel strongly about this one way or the other and share their opinions um, because some kind of a deal can be made we are hoping it might not be 20 cents per gallon but 
we can always work with the numbers and see what um, the public and the legislature is, is willing to do. We've talked a lot uh, this morning about the can of worms, but that's just one of a lot of projects uh, happening all across uh, northeastern Minnesota, central Minnesota this season. Um, what, what are some of the other big ones uh, that MnDOT is focused on that's going to impact a lot of drivers? We have quite a few um, a variety of projects. We have 13 bridge projects, either repair, paint, or replace. Mm -hmm. um, we'll be resurfacing about 100 miles of pavement, okay. and that's on mostly on Highway 65, Highway 6, Highway 135, and Highway 53. Okay. We're also doing some signal improvement projects. Um, those are mainly safety improvement projects. We're doing one right here in Duluth. Started earlier this week. Um, we're painting and putting some new light poles, new light fixtures. Um, it's caused a few bottlenecks this past week, but sure. we, every day gets a little bit better as yeah. people figure a way around it. Um, that's going to last till June. We also, we're going to be putting in some additional rumble strips. We're working on drainage improvement, um, accessibility improvements. And we are doing some rural conflict warning signs too, as well. Those are the like the stop signs sure. that blink, which are very very helpful in dark rural areas. Every driver in the state of Minnesota is will soon be impacted by the new law, the hands-free law, uh, that just passed at the state capitol was signed by the governor. Uh, that goes into effect pretty soon. I believe it goes into effect in August yeah. of this year, but people can start right now and getting used to it. Um, there will be a fine for people who are. Who use their cell phones, unless they're voice command using voice commands or touch activation. Um, MnDOT is really, really happy with this law getting passed. Mm -hmm. It's a great component to our efforts to reduce highway deaths, and um, distraction is such a, a big cause of right. crashes and fatality crashes. So we're very pleased with this. It's a um, Department of Pub Public Safety initiative, but MnDOT fully supports it. Okay, and uh, something else uh, we want to touch on uh, as we move into construction season. Um, so many workers out there on the roads putting themselves to a certain degree in harm's way. Uh, you always emphasize the importance of people thinking about those doing the work on the roads. Yes, we do. Um, their office is out there on the road, so mm -hmm. they're in harm's way every day that they're out there. There's cars going 60, 70 miles right next to them. Um, there's a lot of noise, so they oftentimes don't hear traffic. We set up what we consider to be very, very safe um, work zones, mm -hmm. but we really need people to follow the posted signs, travel at the posted speeds, and please just watch out for those people. Um, just so happens that next week is Workers' Memorial Day right. when we recognize and commemorate and um, reflect back on all the workers who have been killed in the work zones. So we just ask that everyone's careful because the other thing is if you don't hit our workers, you may hit a big piece of equipment and that is not a good situation. Right. Bad news for everyone mm -hmm. involved. Mm -hmm. Very quickly here, we have about a minute to go. I want to touch on uh, the 511 uh, resource online and how that can help people this season. Our 511 Traveler Information System is improving every year. I mean, people have really enjoyed using the newer features, like the they can see what the road conditions look like with our um, 
snowplow cams and and you can see the traffic cams all over the state it's a really good thing to check that system see where whenever you're leaving home check it out yeah. see what what lies ahead it's a great resource to have uh, it's a busy season ahead but uh, hopefully a safe one for everyone and we want to touch on one more thing the zipper merge uh, something that uh, not everyone's great at so we want to uh, if you want to talk for just a brief moment about uh, the importance of doing it right well if people use the zipper merge correctly mm -hmm. it helps prevent backups as people are approaching our work zones, we usually post signs that says, you know, to, to merge here at this point. That's carefully calculated. If people do that, it saves everybody time and reduces congestion. The problem is some people think that it's rude to do that, mm. and some people straddle the center line and prevent them others from coming in. It's what we're supposed to do. Right. So we just strongly encourage people to do that for everybody's sake. Safety is never rude. Something <laughs> to keep in mind. Uh, Beth Petrowski, we appreciate you being here with us this morning. Thank you. And uh, that is it for this week's Beyond the Headlines. Join us right back here next week. And for more information on anything you saw on the show this week, just head to kbjr6.com.